In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending October 23rd, the 38th annual Sunbelt Ag Expo took place this past week in Moultrie, Georgia, as many demos and exhibits could be found. Now, on the livestock side of the expo, the Sheep and Goat exhibit was named in honor of Georgia Extension Animal Scientist Will Getz, who died this past summer. Brianna Bullard has more on that story. Getz worked for many years at Fort Valley State University and helped organize the small ruminant exhibits every year. We sat down with one of the Fort Valley State University exhibitors, Dr. Mombini, and talked about how their exhibit was promoting the Georgia Small Ruminant Research and Extension Center. We have research in uh, animal and product production, reproductive physiology, nutrition, product development. We have scientists who work on processing goat milk and uh, making goat cheese. Dr. Mobini says the research center is currently doing research on using goat milk in infant formula for people with allergies. Goat milk is hypoallergic and some people who cannot tolerate cow milk, they can tolerate goat milk. He says Fort Valley State University also participates in a lot of outreach and educational programs. For Southeast Agnet, I'm Brianna Bullard. Also during this year's Sunbelt Ag Expo, the aquaponics tent drew a large crowd. Josh McGill has more information about it. The system uses nutrients from fish waste to propagate plants in a basin of water. We spoke with David Klein, aquaculture extension specialist from Auburn University, about this innovative display. Well, what we're trying to display here is using aquaponics as a mechanism to capture additional nutrients produced by fish. Uh, and using the plants as a way to both utilize the nutrients and clean the water to return to the fish. If you think about producing fish in general terms, it takes about two pounds of feed to get one pound of fish. So that means that one pound of that feed goes directly into a waste stream, or you can try and reclaim that waste and turn it into another marketable product like uh, our lettuce here. I'm Josh McGill for Southeast Agnet. During the annual Sunbelt Ag Expo, Tyron Spearman talked with a man who was known as a lifetime guest. We're visiting with Lanier Carson. He says he's a lifetime guest. He's been here 38 years since the Sunbelt started. Lanier, how's the show this year? The show's great. This has always been an exciting time of the year for us to come and show our new innovations and new machinery. But this is where we introduced the first four-row picker for peanuts in the industry was here two years later six row now we're continuing to expand people want eight row so we're developing all the time something new but it's been a great place for us to come and show our new equipment and mix and mingle with all the farmers so it's been perfect for us how about the crop this year what are you seeing in the fields what i'm seeing in the field this year if everybody had the high yields that i've seen a few places we couldn't we would have nowhere to put the peanuts but you can drive down the road a little bit, and it's hard to even find a peanut on the vines. And then some people, because of weather, have not been able to harvest, and their peanuts have stayed up on the ground 10, 12, some one guy, 17 days. At that point, the vines are so rotten, and the moisture's out of the peanuts, and you can't get them out of hay. So one individual told me that he lost 50% of his crop just because of the weather conditions. Lanier Carson, CEO of Kelly Manufacturing Company, based in Tipton. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnew. Well, moving away from Sunbelt, we talk about another big event that's taking place this week in Atlanta, Georgia. Commissioner of Agriculture Gary Black is excited to welcome everyone to Atlanta for the Fresh Summit Convention and Expo. He explains how Georgia Grown will be involved in the big annual show. Produce Market Association, I'm glad those uh, good friends are back in Atlanta. We've got people from all over the world going to come spend money in Georgia, so that's a good thing. We've got a wonderful 8,000-square-foot pavilion there 
our pecan industry, Vidalia onion, our vegetable industry, and, and a number of others will be there. And we're just glad from a Georgia-grown presence. I think it's going to be the strongest one we've ever had at PMA. So it is a centerpiece of the produce industry. And anything having to do with the marketing of those products over the coming year, those buyers and merchandisers will be in Atlanta, and we look forward to welcoming them and uh, sending them home with a lot of good Georgia-grown ideas. And the Georgia-grown booth will include some special things folks will want to see. Chef Holly is a, uh, I tell you, she is a rock star. We're glad to have her, and it's certainly the first 18 months of her being a part of our team has just been phenomenal. Uh, she'll have regular demonstrations with our Blueberry Commission, some of our vegetables, about our onion teams and pecans. She'll be there showing those folks just the use of these Georgia products. And that extra step, I'm convinced that those type of steps we need to take, I still believe that, you know, there are 10% of us, you and I, we speak this language of called farm, but the other 90% of people speak a similar dialect called food. And Holly is our interpreter. And so that's what our objective is, is to try to make those connections to understand that every morsel of food that, that goes into the retail setting or into a, you know, a restaurant, it has a farm family behind it and has a link to great production practices and great stewardship practices. And Holly helps us show how to use those, but also you know, be able to communicate uh, that good story of agriculture. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. Commissioner Black looks forward to the Fresh Summit Convention and Expo. PMA is one of the, the larger type of, of uh, trade shows that you'd want in your state. Certainly it rotates around and it just continues to grow and grow. And we're glad we're going to have a real strong presence in Atlanta and then look forward to you know, welcoming visitors from all over the world to uh, this experience with Southern hospitality, but also we want to send them home where Georgia's on their mind and Georgia grown certainly foremost in their, their buying decisions in the coming year. In other news, Kathy Isom lets us know what record low numbers for Florida citrus production could mean for consumers. When reaching for oranges, tangerines, grapefruits, or orange juice, you may find this season and well into next year that there are less Florida citrus products on the supermarket shelf. The orange crop in Florida, big decline there. In fact, if that indeed is realized this season, that'll be the lowest Florida all-orange production since the 1963-64 season. That's Lance Honig with the USDA's National Agriculture Statistics Service with the numbers from October crop production reports. Now, most of Florida's orange production, 96%, is for the processed market, particularly orange juice. Marissa Zanzler of the Florida Department of Citrus says while there may be lower orange juice production. We're coming into the season with higher inventories which will actually position us into a place to meet that demand but overall we still anticipate that availability will be down. Grapefruit production will also be down and because of fewer inventories there will be a price impact on juice products. The primary culprit behind the decline? Citrus screening. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talks about the return of a lost sheep that ended up setting a new record. Sheep ranching is a part of agriculture into itself. We have some of it here in America, but sheep ranching is a lot bigger in New Zealand than it is here. But now, this is the story about one sheep. This one had a name, Chris. A pet? Well, perhaps. Otherwise, why the name? Anyway, Chris wandered away from the fold. Plain and simple, he got lost. How long? I have no idea. But he did finally return after a couple of years. Now, to be proper, the owner had to shear him. It wasn't easy. They had to sedate him. I don't know how long it took, but they sheared 89 pounds of wool. 
I don't know if that's a record, but it's enough to make 30 beautiful sweaters. That broke the record of 60 and a half pounds, which was back in 2004. So Chris, back home and happy, now has the foundation of a good yarn. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.